Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. I'm so excited. I have one of my favorite people, Chrissy Bentley, here. So I met Chrissy a couple years ago at Curve Camp in person, and then she was part of our 200-hour training and is now a Curve Yoga teacher. I love talking with her, and I know that y'all are going to love our conversation. So welcome, Chrissy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So, so much. So let's just start at the beginning. What brought you to yoga? So it's actually a really, I, I feel like every story I was like, it's a really funny story. But <laughs> I, I was in graduate school. I was working third shift at a drop-in shelter for teenagers. And a lady that I worked with brought in a Yoga for Dummies book. Oh. And, and we would spend all night. We would, you know, we would put stuff in the crock pot for dinner the next day, and we would pour over this Yoga for Dummies book. And this was like 2000, 2001. So oh. I don't know if maybe, yeah, I don't know if maybe she saw Rodney E on Oprah. Or one of those <laughs> Probably, but, right. Yeah, but my first introduction to yoga was always with, with this exploration in mind. It wasn't a result. I had never seen a yoga teacher. I had never been in a yoga class. It was just these stick figures and, wait, how do I make this work? And a lot of laughter and a lot of bonding with Andy. And it was, it was just something that we did for fun. And I remember one of the, one of the things in the book talked about how long you should go between eating and practicing yoga. Uh-huh. And then how long between practicing yoga and eating. And we were like, this is never possible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not eat for four hours on either side of my practice. That's never going to happen. Right. So, yeah. When would you be doing it? <laughs> exactly. So, so from the beginning, it wasn't something that I attached judgment to. It was it from this, even from years ago. It was this exploration of, hmm, my body can do that or my body can't do that, and just a lot of laughter around it. I have very specific memories of doing triangle like up against a staircase. Like, oh, which which stair is my front hand going to go on? And how do you know? It was way before props. Right. So even then, it was like, how do I make this work for me? Mm. And has that attitude been with you in your practice since then? You know, honestly, on and off. Mm-hmm. When when I when I didn't know what I was doing, and when I was practicing on my own, or you know, with videos, I practiced pretty intently yoga and Pilates right before my wedding, because we all do things like that right before our wedding, don't we? Right. <laughs> and, 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 it, it was, and I think it was more of just, I think even then, because I wasn't trying to lose weight because my wedding dress fit and I didn't want it altered, but I think that's when I learned to realize that physical movement can calm me down. Mm. So that was kind of my experience with yoga, you know, several years after my book experience in the group home. And then I was away from yoga for a few years. And then when I was seriously running distance, I started attending a yoga class here in town, strangely enough, at a brewery because that's what we do here in Lexington. 
<laughs> and, and that was my first experience in, in a yoga classroom with, as I put in quotations, the typical yoga body. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, I was, I, was, I was running marathons. I was much thinner than I am now. And even then, I didn't feel at home there. Um, I, I figured it out. I went because my friends were there and because it was a good workout. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, when my desire to train for races went away, my desire for yoga naturally waned as, waned as well because it was a way for me to cross-train, not right. a way for me to connect anymore. And then the way I came to Kirby Yoga, I don't even know if I've told you this. Um, I mean, I was obsessed. I still am. But I was obsessed with Mara Glenzel. Uh, yeah. And, and I had a, a friend who was like, hey, did you see that Mara is coming to Curve Camp? And I'm like, wait, if I'm going to a yoga camp, I have to practice yoga. And I have to go to yoga camp because Mara's there. And so that was completely how I found out about you and how you teach, which led me now to teach. But it, it was all based on me following my, my life guru to That's somewhere awesome. that you were bringing her. Yeah. And everybody listening, I'll link to Mara's website. She's wonderful. Yeah. And then and another, another piece of this is I've, I've always enjoyed photography. I'm not the person that sits up, you know, the cameras with a tripod, not that often anyway, but I've mm-hmm. always enjoyed just casual photography, but I never knew how to put myself in to those, to those positions until I did the, I don't know what it was called, Curvy Beloved, Curvy Practice something. Right. Mm-hmm. With, with you and Vivian of uh, right. Be Your Own Beloved. And that. Like, if I want to say that there was something that changed my life, it was that month. Wow. Because that's where I learned how to put my body into places that were beautiful. Mm-hmm. And because of that, then if, if the picture is beautiful and my body's in it, then hence I must be beautiful. And it was okay. that, that link that just, that, that, was, that was a light bulb over a course of a month for me. And I still look back at, at some of that photography, and it just, it, it changed me. I'm, I'm looking around my office, and I'm like, I took that during the program. I took that during the program. Mm. They were everywhere. Because it was such a transformative time for me. And, yeah, it was like all of this came together at, at, around, around the time that I had a lot of professional turmoil in my life. Mm-hmm. So, Everything is about timing, and all of this, kind of like the, the podcast from a few ago that you talked about, things just fell into place when I needed them, when I had the energy for them, and now I'm here. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds like things fell into place when you'd had all this kind of different support, not really knowing where it was leading, you know, from Mara and from the class mm-hmm. around your you know, self-embody journey to get you ready for what you're doing now. Yeah, and I, and I think it's really interesting to see how pieces that we don't even consider where they're going to lead and how they're going to fall together. Right. Um, so to give, to give a brief history of me, I'm a, I'm a licensed clinical counselor. 
I've been a running coach. I've built a local running community. I have amazing support from my husband. He's always been the first dude of whatever it is that I'm <laughs> doing. And, and all of, and, and just everything, it was kind of like a Rubik's Cube about six months ago. And everything just clicked into place. Mm. Now, granted, these have been like the most exhausting <laughs> months of my life. But right. I'm making things work, and I really am presenting the me that I always wanted to present. Mm. When I was little, if someone would have asked me, you know, well, Chrissy, what do you want to do when you grow up? I wanted to help normal people having difficulty with normal problems. Mm. The only way I knew to do that was going into therapy. Right. And I'd go that route, and, you know, I, I didn't want to diagnose people. I didn't want to put people on 72-hour holds. That's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I, but if I hadn't have gone that route, then I would be doing something completely different, and, yoga, and teaching yoga may not even have been on my radar. Right. And, and I look at how, how I teach yoga in person. And at any given practice, I can identify these are skills that I learned by doing group therapy. Mm-hmm. And these are skills that I learned when I was talking kids off a meltdown in their fourth grade classroom. And these are the meditative or the physical skills that I use in that moment. Mm. So I really can look back. My, my favorite way to teach, to talk uh, my students in a Shavasana is a meditation practice that is built for first graders. Nice. <laughs> and and it, 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 it has really just all come full circle. Mm-hmm. And Two years ago, I never would have put myself here. I never would have thought that I would be teaching yoga and doing life coaching and working in social media, which is really exciting because to me, that means I can never imagine where I'm going to be two years from now. Yeah. So because I have this experience of how far I've come, and, and even, you know, professionally and even, like, on my mat. I think about when I started practicing, I was much more physical than mm-hmm. I am now, where now it's like, you know, well, I may have, you know, one of the, one of the full hour and, the, the, you know, the medium sequences queued up from Kirby Monthly, and I may sit on my mat and be like, nope, I'm sitting here for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, so being able to, to know what I need on a given day and trust that I'm going to get where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. Really just takes a lot of should and judgment and worry out of my professional life and out of my practice and out of how I teach and out of my relationships and out of my finances, just knowing that I'm okay now and I'm going to be okay tomorrow. Yeah. It sounds like so much of that is, you know, rooted in that awareness that you are growing on the yoga mat. Mm-hmm. How I know you just gave some kind of general examples of how that shows up in your everyday life, but do you have some specific examples you could share about that? So, like, I think, you know, I, I come to my mat with a lot of expectations some, mm-hmm. some days. I'm like, today is going to be the day that my chest is going to touch the mat in puppy. <laughs> today <laughs> is going to be that day. And a lot of times it's not that day and it's okay. 
Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I may tell myself this day, this day is the day I'm going to land that coaching client that I've been emailing back and forth for three months. Mm-hmm. And if it happens, great. If not, guess what? I'm going to be back in my email, back on my mat again tomorrow. Yeah. And if it never happens, it's not a big deal. There'll be other clients I want to land. There'll be other classes that I want to have more than 10 people attend. There'll be other poses that I have a goal that I'm working toward that maybe I get there and then maybe, or maybe it's just not important one day and and I've let go of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how it just gives permission to kind of be where you are Mm. with whatever the situation is. Permission is such an important word. Um, it's funny. There, there are sometimes I'm like, there are some stories that I tell that I'm like, I need to prepare myself not to cry before I tell this story. Mm. But um, I taught a class a few weeks ago, and it was the only class that I've ever sold out, and it was packed, and it was dark. And there was a girl, a lady, I think she, I can call her a girl. She was pretty young. Um, <laughs> all the way in the back left corner of class. And I could tell that she was struggling settling into Shavasana. Mm-hmm. There was no physical way for me to get to her. I would have had to have stepped over at least a dozen people. Luckily, um, a good friend of mine was beside her and like tried to guide her the best she could into you know mm-hmm. rolling the blanket up under her knees. And I was like, "Thank you, Miranda." Um, yeah. But you know, she comes up to me after class because she was encouraged by my friend and was like, "You know, can we figure out how to make this comfortable for me?" And I'm like, absolutely. And I'm laying down with her when we're working through things. And <laughs> and she says, wait, my legs don't have to be straight out in Shavasana? And I said, uh, sweetheart, my legs aren't straight out in Shavasana. Uh-huh. And she hugged me. <laughs> uh. and, it's, and it's those, I, I think there are so many things that we don't even think to give ourselves permission for. Because they're so ingrained in our assumption of the way that things are supposed to be or the way things have to be, that even thinking about giving permission to be different isn't something we consider. Mm. Yeah, it like opens up the framework even. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and, I, and I think that that has a lot to do with, with being on the mat. Like the way that the class that I'm teaching this evening is – it's about realizing when it's okay to come out. So I'm doing more of a, of a yin type class, but it's going to be at your own discretion when to come out of a pose. Mm. I'm going to teach the pose, how to come out, and then we're just going to hang out there until, <laughs> you know, until you come out on your own. And of course, if there's one person that goes longer, then I'll talk out. But right. the point is, you know, realizing where your boundary is, and when you're done, you're done. And if that's after one breath or after ten breaths, it doesn't matter. I, I really, I'm at this point in my teaching because I do have such a core group of students, um, especially in my one weekly class, that I'm, I really want to teach how to practice your yoga, mm-hmm. not just the yoga that I'm teaching you. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, learning bound, like, it's hard to know what's more important than learning boundaries. You know, that's such a essential thing. I love that you're bringing that in. Yeah, and I think that's another, I, I think everything that I learn on my mat 
as I'm standing here barefoot on my mat while we're talking. Um, Mm -hmm. I think everything that I learn on my mat has some direct application to my life, whether it's being still when I need to be still or taking a stretch when I need to take a stretch or working something out when I need to work something out. I, my mat gives me, it empowers me to know that I can figure things out. And if it doesn't work on the first try, then maybe I need to switch positions and try something else. Yeah. But it's just, it's just so relatable to so many things in my life. Yeah, it's such a good place to experiment because just thinking about the boundaries thing, like, I know for me, feeling that physically in my body and having a place to practice where I am not having to have that conversation with, like, a difficult family member first, (laughs) for example, (laughs) uh, builds up a little um, sense of confidence that I can do it Mm -hmm. for when those times do come. Yeah, yeah. And... And I think another thing that I really try to give my students, you mentioned, you know, experimenting on the mat. I also really want to bring this sense of play into mm-hmm. my practice. Um, and <laughs> the, and I, I, I notice I, I catch myself in class doing this when, when things are getting a little too heavy. I'll put us in a balance pose and we'll close our eyes for a breath. And people <laughs> fall out. They fall out and they giggle. And then it's like, okay, we can go on now. But yeah. there's, there's just something about not, not being too serious. You know, there's, there's, this, there's this magic point that I'm still trying to find between being, between being disciplined but being flexible. And I think it's the same thing with being serious about my time on my mat and being very intentional but still approaching it with, with an attitude of play and freedom and fun instead of, you know, I've got to land this today or, you know, right. what, whatever else I, I'm putting on myself that may or may not be valid. Right. I know that you have been doing a daily practice and you've been sharing mm-hmm. that on social media. Could you tell us a little bit about what that experience has been like? So it's... I don't know how many times in my life I've said, I'm going to do X every single day. <laughs> uh, right. Whether it's, you know, I'm going to drink my water or I'm going to walk 5,000 steps or I'm going to, you know, wash the dishes before I go to bed. There's always been this, I'm going to do X every day. And it never happens. <laughs> and it's so interesting how, how my daily practice happened because it wasn't like that at all. I had um, I had bought a planner that once I got it, it really didn't suit my needs at all. So I'm like, okay, this planner is going to be my yoga journal. Mm-hmm. I spent money on this planner. It's beautiful. I've got to use it. It's my yoga journal. Nice. <laughs> and, and I noticed the first month that I had this planner, I practiced five days a week. Mm. And then I was like, well, that's interesting. And then sometime in the middle of July, I was like, well, I wonder what would happen if I practice every day for the next 30 days. Because I can see in the last 20 days, I've practiced 15 of them. Mm-hmm. So I already had that. I already had that foundation. And I did not commit to 365 days of yoga on a random day. 
Mm-hmm. I committed to 30 days on some random day in July. <laughs> that was because I, because I had already seen that I had, I could do it. Right. And, and I love it. Um, I, and it's funny. I, I videotape it most days. I actually use um, an app called Gorilla Pro, Gorilla Pro, and it takes still shots and then puts them into a video, which is mm. also really nice because then I have clear screenshots to use for graphics, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> it's so many purposes in one. In one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are some days that the video doesn't turn out. There are some days that I thought I hit record and I didn't. There are some days when my cat sits right in front of the camera, so nothing is recorded <laughs> except for cat fur. Um, <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing how many times Herschel's done that. But you do have a great cat. <laughs> she's, oh, she's ridiculous. She's actually scratching at the door while we're talking, and I'm not letting her in. <laughs> but there's something about, because it's, it, it, it's a different kind of commitment, because I'm not committing to the same thing every day. I'm committing to me, but I get to define practice per practice what that means. Right. Some days it's a 20-minute yoga nidra practice from Spotify, and some days it's an hour and a half of, of flow. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have any boundaries except for 20 minutes and at least one pose outside of Shavasana. <laughs> That's, those are my own. So, so if I do a child pose and I lay there, guess what? It counts. Mm-hmm. And, and there have been days... Um, I've been having a little bit of trouble with my back and my hamstring lately. So there have been some days where instead of doing 20 minutes straight, I'll do four sets of five minutes with my resistance band and my little pink ball. And that counts because I'm focused while I'm doing it. So having, having a concrete expectation of 20 minutes and at least one pose leaves it wide open. And I think today is day two ten. I think mm-hmm. there have been several times when the day has gotten busy, and we've been going. That we'll go to get you know get ready to go to bed, and Nathan will say, "Have you practiced today?" And I'm like, "Okay, wait, give me twenty minutes." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you reminded me. There have been days that it's almost gotten away from me, mm-hmm. but but I've always found a way to make it happen. Well, it sounds like it gives you such a experience of adaptability and resilience of just kind of seeing what do you really need every day. Absolutely. And, yeah, because I really am able to, to ask what do I need and then respond to that. And it's also been a really fun, a really fun sequencing tool for me because mm. I can't, and, I love, and that's, why, that's another reason why I love having videos. So I can say that, you know, oh, I really want to do something for my hips today. And I can play around with poses and play around with different transitions and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And then I go back and I watch and I pretty much have the meat for a sequence if I want to teach it that week. Nice. Or if, and I'm, I also have this, there, there are a couple of, of Kirby Monthly videos that I love. So for some reason, I just never think about favoriting them. Uh-huh. But I can go back then, like, through my videos, like, around day 30, and I'm like, oh, that's the hand motion I like. That's the video I want to do. Go back through my yoga journal, and there I have what, what, what practice it was. Great. So it's, it's just such a nice record of, 
of so many pieces of myself for a daily practice that really just happened organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you just sort of noticed that you were already basically in that groove and then grew it from there. Yeah, and, and it took so much of the of the expectation and the worry and like that feeling of I've got to do it because I have to do it sort of attitude. Right. Where, you know, I had already set the habit like 90% ingrained. And so it really, it really wasn't that big of a step to say, okay, every day, here it is. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm the kind of person, I, I don't know if it's because I, because I've been a distance runner in the past or I'm, I'm so academically minded and I always want to get the A plus. You know, the other day I'm like, well, if 365 days is going to be in July, then that would, would that make 500 like somewhere around Thanksgiving? And should I keep going? And, and I'm like, Chrissy, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're about now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't, don't think about, just, just don't think about today, your commitment today. And when day 365 arrives, We'll move on from there. We'll see how we're feeling. I refer to me as a we because I think of like my head and my body. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're friends now. We'll figure yeah. it out. Oh my gosh, I love that. We're friends now. Yeah. Um, just to kind of wrap us up, I'm wondering. I know you just said your you and your body are much more friendly now, but if there are times when some negative thoughts creep in or you're getting, you know, kind of this whole planning mode that we just talked about that creeps in about your body. Do you have like a go-to yoga pose or strategy? It doesn't have to be yoga related to kind of help you with that. Before I, before I tell you, I want to tell you a funny story. Um, I was having a lot of body negativity the other night and my husband comes to my yoga classes and, and I was running off my, I was running my mouth off to him and, you know, I was unhappy about this and unhappy about that. And he said, Chrissy, that is not the way my yoga teacher would talk. <laughs> and I said, I said, but right now I am your wife. I am not your yoga teacher. <laughs> but, but that was so interesting for me to then think, okay, Chrissy, what would you tell yourself? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I, I would think if I had to have a go-to pose, I love. I love cat cow. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the total release, and then, and then like the, then engaging everything on my back as I do that arch. And there's just something about feeling two completely different things in such in such in space that's so close. You know, so much, so much of dipping the belly and then raising the belly that they're so closely related. And something that, that I've had to deal with, that, I, that I've been learning, I feel like, for years and years and years, is that it's okay to feel two things at once. Ugh. And, and I can, I, I can in, in my heart of hearts know that I love my body and my body is enough and, and I can do what I need to do. But I can still have that little, that little glimmer of something that wants something else in that moment. Mm-hmm. I can experience them both for as long as I need to and then let my feelings of enoughness kind of envelop and cover and, and befriend and, and, and kind of still remove that power from the feeling of needing to be something else. Mm-hmm. But not, 
I think sometimes where I can get stuck is I can have this expectation that, oh, I love my body. I know I'm competent. I know I'm beautiful. I can just flip this switch off. And that's not always what happens. I think sometimes, especially with some of these really, with these, with the messages we have that have repeated for so long in our heads, sometimes it's sitting with both things and letting the goodness gradually take over the judgment so that the judgment comes less and less, fewer times, less severity, but not that expectation of, and I want to stop it by thinking this. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not because you're not pushing it away. It doesn't have to jump in and try to get your attention as vehemently. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Thank you for sharing that. This feels like a perfect place to wrap up. I've loved talking to you. It's been lovely. Very lovely. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on.